0: Okay. Welcome to Canvas Marketing Live. I am your host, Jake Litkey, and today we have Iman Abdu as our guest from Blunt Creative. We will be discussing the ins and outs of Instagram threads marketing, um, what to avoid, what the new features are, and uh, let's get started right away and I'll introduce Iman. Actually, I'll let Iman introduce herself. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, Blunt Creative, what it is today and how you found yourself here. I find that everyone's stories as to how they ended up working in the cannabis industries uh, are, are pretty interesting.
1: So, Yes, Um thank you Jake and I'm really grateful to be here today. Uh, my name like you said is Iman. Blunt Creative Inc is a cannabis marketing agency that was founded in Toronto about three years ago. Um, the way that I got into the cannabis industry is actually pretty interesting. I've been a stoner since high school, um, but never considered working in the industry until I got, so my graphic design is my skill. That's what I went to school for. That's what I learned. Um, and I got a full-time marketing, uh, I, I got a full-time graphic design position at a marketing agency in Toronto, um, a couple years ago. So once I got that job and I was like involved in, in learning how to make social media posts and that sort of thing, there were two cannabis accounts in that agency that I was creating content for. And that's where I kind of got experience with making social media content for cannabis companies specifically. And, you know, learned about the rules and how to navigate Instagram, all of that. And the only reason why I ended up leaving that company is because they couldn't bring on any more cannabis accounts because it was a conflict of interest because the cannabis company owners were friends with the marketing agency owner. So he didn't want to bring on any more cannabis accounts. And I saw that as an opportunity. So, you know, after, a, uh, after a year or so at that agency, I decided to go full time and do my own thing. And uh, essentially I started off doing general marketing first. So I was just working with all types of agency, uh, all types of industries and that sort of thing. Um, And then I realized that, you know, there's a gap between the cannabis retailers and brands on social media and what kind of content you're allowed to be creating. So that's when I rebranded myself and decided to focus on cannabis. So it's been a, it's been an interesting experience so far because like I said, there's a lot of rules and navig- like things that you have to navigate and things that you have to know within the cannabis industry. And also Instagram and the social media platforms change so often. So you just have to stay updated with that. But overall, it's been pretty rewarding. Like The amount of people that I've met and events that I've attended because I'm in this space has been worth it 110%. So yeah. That's
0: great. Yeah. You meet a lot of interesting people from all kinds of different spaces in the cannabis industry. Um, I've found that uh, to be really, uh, interesting and rewarding. Now you're from Toronto. Yes. Um, but you're currently in New York.
1: Mm -hmm. So two months ago. Yep.
0: Two months. Um, we could probably talk a lot about that, but we'll try and stay on topic, uh, as best as possible here, but I do want to talk to something you just said, um, you know, you're doing creative for brands in Canada, uh, what people may or may not know in the U.S. is that Canada's creative guidelines are actually some of the strictest around, right, in terms of what you can and can't show, in inter- imagery, illustrations. Uh, how does that work when you're a graphic designer, when most of the things you'd want to output from a design perspective are restricted?
1: Uh, that's actually a really good question. So the thing that I try to focus on with every single one of my clients is finding out who they're actually trying to sell their products to, or what type of audience they're trying to attract, which is the first step of marketing in any sort of context. But with social media specifically, it gets a little bit harder because people are on social media just to scroll, really. It's like mindless scrolling. That's the majority of what most of us do on there. So the best way to brand yourself and to market yourself is actually not to focus on the product it's to focus on educational content or lifestyle content. So for example, if some of my clients go to events, um, some of the content that I'll make would be a highlight reel or behind the scenes photos um, and that sort of thing, like them just engaging in the event as the brand owner or as the cannabis dispensary owner. Um, And then another component of it would be the educational content side. So like we know, like as we know, not a lot of people are very educated on cannabis. They don't really know what they're supposed to be buying. They don't know what the terpenes are. They don't know THC percentages. And like a lot of the products in the legacy market, especially in New York are not even labeled with a number for the THC percentage, which is very concerning because it's like, I came from a legal market. So I'm like, what do you mean? You have all this weed in this package and there's no THC percentage on it. I don't know what I'm smoking. I don't know how much it is. And that's the reason why I do what I do is because when we're on social media and we're mindlessly scrolling and we see a post that says, you know, what do you know about the endocannabinoid system? And it brings down da- and breaks down what the endocannabinoid system is and how it can function in your uh, how it functions in your body and how uh, cannabinoids respond to the receptors and all of that. All of a sudden you're engaging your target audience, but you're not selling anything to them. So you're not breaking any of those rules. You're just informing them on a literal science um you know so it does become a little tricky when it comes time to like promote things like sales and that's where you can encourage your followers to subscribe to your emails because in email marketing there is no restrictions for what you can promote as long as that person has um consented to you sending them deals and offers and whatnot then anything that you send them is legal um as for other types of marketing like for example, um, Google ads and Facebook ads, you're not allowed to do that yet. They will flag you if they find out that that's what you're doing and your accounts will be suspended and it will be a whole ordeal to try to get it back up and running. So uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, the predicament that I'm in right now is like figuring out how much leeway I have versus what gets you flagged or restricted.
0: Yeah. So let's drill into that a little bit. So, um, in theory, organic content that's lifestyle content should be fine. Right. Um, however, lots of cannabis companies have gotten their Instagram accounts, for example, suspended even when they thought they were posting lifestyle content. Um, do you see anything, any, like, Consistent things that always get someone flagged, or is it more that there's there's probably a large group of people and machines that are analyzing these things, and depending on who looks at it, sometimes you get flagged, sometimes you don't. Um, I know it's somewhat anecdotal, but what what have you seen
1: so far? I believe that when you try to promote something very directly, when you say a price tag, or when you say the word sale, or when you say um, in stock, and you use those sort of words to like encourage people to click the link in your bio and go and purchase from your website, that's what gets you flagged. If you post a product on your story and you link it in your story to your website, that's what gets you flagged. Um, Sometimes the bigger you get, unfortunately, the more often Instagram restricts you restricts you because they realize now that you have a bigger audience and if you're promoting something that goes against their guidelines, all of a sudden you're influencing a larger group of people. Um, And they don't want that. So typically you'll see people once they hit like 10,000 or 15,000 followers, they'll start to experience that sort of thing as well. One of my clients is sitting at um, almost 6,000 and some of her content got restricted as well, but it wasn't, it wasn't a promotional content. It was, it was not even, it was just about CBD, honestly. So it's really hard to tell. It's all just trial and error. Once you do get flagged though, just don't repeat that mistake. Um, Take down the post and continue posting regular non-sales content and you should be okay. But the number one thing that people are doing now is they are changing the way that they spell certain words. So for example, cannabis, instead of using the A, you would use the at symbol um, for like at gmail.com or at outlook.com or whatever. So you would spell it that way and the algorithm doesn't pick up on it. Um, But I do believe Then in the next couple of years, Instagram and Facebook is going to come around and lower those restrictions and make it a little bit easier for us to talk about cannabis and promote the products. But the first step, obviously, is federal legalization in the U.S., because these are U.S.-based companies that are allowing us to use their platforms to post about cannabis content in the first place. So that really is the biggest obstacle. Um, But there's there's loopholes and. I'm not against, you know, I'm not promoting anybody to break any rules, but there are loopholes that as cannabis companies, we just have to find and take advantage of because we're running a business and you know, if it's legal in our state, then it should be, it should be okay for us to post about it on Instagram. That's just how I feel personally, though. I do not encourage you to get yourself suspended by breaking the Instagram and, um, and Facebook rules.
0: Yeah. You know, the reality for these companies is they're large, you know, multi-billion dollar um, businesses and there technically exists laws on the books that it's federally legal and that creates a liability for them. And so, you know, when you look, when you're a corporation of that size and you're the CFO or whoever's in charge and they look at, even if, even if you took, uh, even if they just allowed all the cannabis companies to start running paid ads on Facebook or Google or, or Facebook and Instagram, that amount of revenue is, just so tiny compared to the overall business that the risk reward scenario for them doesn't make any kind of sense right so it's understandable for them to be conservative even though it makes all of our lives more difficult
1: absolutely and and that's what happened with MasterCard as well because I did see a, a bunch of people complaining about how MasterCard started banning uh, debit card users from making cannabis purchases. But I thought about it in a business perspective, too. And it makes sense that it's MasterCard. It's a large corporation. If they get caught breaking the law, then they got fined. And what they care about is their stock, their stockholders and their shares, you know, so they don't want that to dip. So it's unfortunate that we have to suffer, you know, setbacks because of financial greed. But uh, that's a whole other conversation I just wanted to at that little point that it really does come down to how much money are they gonna lose if they let you break a couple of the, of the, yeah. of the laws, you know?
0: Yeah, and real quick, I just wanna mention to everyone that's uh, watching, there is a chat uh, in the Zoom webinar. If you have questions as we're talking, go ahead and throw them in there and then we'll address them towards the, uh, the end of the session. So, Okay, so let's get on topic and we are supposed to be talking about threads. Um, which yeah. is which is new for for everyone. Um, right. obviously it it ballooned pretty quickly. I've seen various numbers on engagement going up or going down. Um, obviously that a huge advantage because you just press one button and then you're following everyone. I actually, when I signed up, I just clicked the button, follow everyone. And then I've you know, now I've been getting alerts of people join threads. Some people I haven't talked to in years. Um mm-hmm. had, <laughs> even in my Instagram. So maybe there's some opportunities to reconnect with people, but Um, I'm not in there very often. I'd like to get your take on where Threads is today, how it's evolved and and what kind of activity you're seeing.
1: For sure. So I started using it as soon as they launched it and I've been using it almost pretty much every day since. And what I noticed was at first it was pretty exciting. It was almost like it was almost like a sleepover, you know, with like all of your classmates from like high school. That's what it felt like. It was like a reunion. I was like, oh my God, all of us are in this big house together and we're like reconnecting and we're just having fun and sharing memes and whatnot. Um, but over the past couple weeks since the launch, I have noticed a little bit of a significant not not a significant a little bit of a of a dip in activity and my theory on it is everybody got excited about threads, wanted to find out what it was about, realized they don't want their Instagram followers to know their thoughts. So they went back to Twitter, which is now X. Um, And Twitter, I haven't used Twitter since 2021, since 2021, but I was using Twitter since it launched before then. So like for 10 years, I was an active Twitter user. So I'm very familiar with the platform and the way that the community on Twitter works, but I just found that it ended up getting really negative. And so I stopped using Twitter. What I like about Threads is that it gives you the chance to be more authentic, with the, with the people that you follow on Instagram. And a lot of us kind of have social media personas, like we'll act different on TikTok than we do on LinkedIn than we do on Instagram than we do on Twitter. But what, what the, the good thing about Instagram is now all the people that follow you on, since you were in high school or since you were in middle school or whatever, get to actually see a different side of you with your threads and your threads is a way for you to express more of your thoughts. It's a way for you to promote um, different things that you wouldn't promote on your story. Or that you wouldn't post on your feed. Um, and so it really just is an extension of the um, the algorithm, sorry, the um, network that you have existing on Instagram already. Now, the reason why I think that the engagement dipped a little is because um, people realize that they don't want to be following the same people on Instagram that they are, that they were following on Twitter. So the way I've navigated this is I've decided to just be true to myself. I'm like, you know what, if my Instagram followers read my thoughts and they don't agree, that's not my problem. Um, At this point, I want to be more authentic on social media. And I do think that that's what makes you stand out more than if you have a different persona or if you put on a different character and that sort of thing. Um, But it's, it's a place of less negativity for sure. I haven't seen that many people you know, being trolls or just being straight out haters, like they are on TikTok and um, Twitter. So that's a good thing, um, and it is an opportunity for businesses to like quickly ask questions, to quickly get feedback, to quickly share a link, and that sort of thing. So, so there's there's a, a, an opportunity for for sure for growth on Instagram Threads.
0: Okay, so yeah, if you take Um, And I'm going to assume that the sort of easiest transition from an audience perspective is your, let's say you're a brand or a dispensary, you have an Instagram account, you have followers, you've been posting lifestyle content. there, largely a image and video based uh, platform. Mm -hmm. You move over to threads. Now we're having text conversations, right? Right. Um, Do you have some examples of some of the brands that you've worked with and how they've navigated that transition of used to showing people pictures and all of a sudden you're talking to them. Um, How's that going? And and what do you, what have you learned of any like things to do or not to do?
1: So far, my clients have not been too open to using Instagram threads. They don't believe that it's going to be beneficial for them right now, but I've been using it personally to experiment and to gather data and feedback. And what I can honestly say is Sometimes you just want to post text content. So if you're someone who's running low on time and you want to promote something, Threads is the right place for you as a business owner. Um, Because making, as we know, making Instagram content is time consuming. Taking a picture, editing it, writing a caption, same thing with videos, making a reel is really even difficult to navigate making a reel within the Instagram app. Let alone figuring out what you're gonna record and what the lighting is gonna look like, and the situation, and the caption, and the songs, and the filters, and the transitions—like it's—it's really a lot. So what I would say for Instagram business, uh, for for businesses, is to use Instagram threads to get the information that they don't have time to be making photo content of across. So what I mean by that is, let's say you know um, something terrible. God forbid, something terrible happened in your store and you had to shut your doors. I, most of, most business accounts would post it on their Instagram story, but not everybody is watching your Instagram story. So people might not know that news that you're closed for the day or you had a flood and you have to close your doors and, and whatnot. But if you go on Instagram threads and you quickly type it out and you say, hey guys, um, you know if you're stopping by our store today, just know we're closed after this time or we'll be reopened on this day because of X, Y, Z. And all of a sudden now you have a better way to get information out across. So what I would think of Instagram threads as is pretty much a news outlet. Um, And if you don't have time to be making photo content, graphic content, video content, then you should focus on using your fingers to type whatever you need to type and let your followers know the information that you need them to know um, as soon as possible. That That would be the most ideal way to use Instagram threads in my opinion.
0: And with Threads, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have the app. I've looked at it a couple of times, but I haven't spent a lot of time in there. Um, How is it different in terms of with Instagram, obviously you have hashtags and you can tag people. Twitter has its own ecosystem. What is the user experience like from a brand's perspective of is there, are people using tags a lot? Um, Is that a way that people are doing content discovery? What does that look
1: like? So the user interface is pretty similar to Twitter, but what I noticed was within the first week of Instagram launching threads, you started seeing threads of people that you were not post, that you were not following. And it it seemed that the algorithm was picking up your activity on Instagram and showing you threads that they think you might like on your threads feed. But that annoyed me personally because I don't want to see content from anyone that I'm not following. And that's what the explore page is for. If I want to go through, you know, content of people that I'm not following, I'm going on the explore page or I'm going on the reels page and I'm going to keep swiping and scrolling until I find something that I like. But they just recently fixed that. They separated it into two tabs. So now there's a following tab for all the people whose content you're following And there's a, there's a a for you tab. And so the for you tab is the page that has all the content of what Instagram thinks you might like. So I'm glad that they got on that quickly and they fixed it because I think that that's what maybe made people be like, is this app complete yet? Or did they prematurely launch it? Because why am I seeing so much content from people that I'm not following? And it wasn't even useful content. It was like memes. And it was like, really outdated you know like to twitter 2011 content that like we've seen over and over again so many times you know from those meme pages and all of that so i'm glad that they fixed that now there is a way for you to just exclusively see content from people that you're following you'll see it at the very top it'll say for you and then it'll say following and you could just swipe left and right to alternate between those so that's good um, but in terms of discoverability I think hashtags are always going to be relevant and important and there is an explore page on the Instagram threads as well. So you could go through and you could read other people's threads that you're not following and you can find new accounts and that sort of thing. In terms of tagging though, I haven't seen very many threads being um, directed towards someone else with a tag, just because I don't think we're using Instagram threads that way yet. Um, I still think that if you want to tag someone, it would be more of a story, Instagram story option or an Instagram DM, um, like if you wanna to talk to them. Um, and I've yet to see Instagram threads introduce a direct messaging component to the app. So that's why there's probably not that much tagging going on. But what you can do is you could quote someone's thread. So instead of, you know let's, let's say someone posts a thread here, you could quote it and then you add your comment on top of their thread. And so now that becomes your own post that other people can reply to. So that's really the only way to engage with people that you're not following right now. Um, but I think that it's a good thing because sometimes Instagram floods your, your feed on the actual app with suggested, uh, with suggested accounts and suggested posts, which I personally find annoying again. And I'm sure a lot of people agree with me on this because we are following who we're following for a reason. And if we wanna go and find other people's content that we're not following, there's a whole page dedicated to that. So I think it's going to stay like this for a while. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But so far, yes, please use hashtags and please try to discover new accounts. You never know where you could come across. Um, and, you know, just keep your followers organically by engaging with accounts that you like and vice versa.
0: Okay. Um, And so let's say you are, again, a brand or a retailer and you are exploring threads for the first time. You've set up your account, you've linked it to your Instagram or set up for standing. Um, What would be like steps one, two, and three that you would recommend for someone to do? Like their first things, like, you know, hello world, start following people, start quoting people. How do you get the ball rolling um, for a brand new threads account?
1: So the thing that I would not do that most of us actually did is automatically follow all the people that you're following on Instagram on threads. I think that was everybody's first mistake. It was, we didn't know any better, you know, but now if you're starting to set up your threads account for the first time, do not follow everybody that you're following on Instagram take the time to actually go through all the people that you're following on Instagram and select whether or not you want to follow them on threads as well. What that's gonna do is it's gonna improve the algorithm for you to show you more relevant tweet, uh more relevant threads and accounts to follow. And it's also going to eliminate a whole bunch of other useless content that you don't need to be seeing on your threads, especially as a business account, because what a lot of businesses will do is the person who runs the business account also has their personal account linked on the same phone. And so the phone will pick up, you know, cause it has the same device, IP address. It'll pick up activity from both accounts and it'll kind of merge the algorithm from your personal account and from your business account. So if you're using your business uh, Instagram account to link your threads, don't follow people that you know personally, follow other business accounts, uh, you know, community influencers and that sort of thing, because then your algorithm is gonna be a lot more specific, which is what you want. And you're not going to have to go through the trouble of unfollowing people later that you don't want to see uh, content from and that sort of thing. Sorry, can you just repeat the the second part of your question one more time?
0: Um, well, the other the other thought that I had was about um, you know getting was kind of getting started uh, f- for a fresh account. Right. I think you gave some tips there. Uh, maybe right. we could just go. Unless you have another one, I was going to say, are there some examples? I,
1: I, I was going to add one more thing. Okay. I just I just forgot the second part of your question. I apologize. But yeah, the second thing I would do is um, uh, refresh your, your bio and your photo and your links. So Instagram does give you the option to copy paste everything from your Instagram bio to your threads bio. You can do that if you're really happy with your Instagram uh, bio. But if you're not, now would be the time to change it and update those links and update the profile picture and just get the profile of your Threads account looking very professional. Um, As for the first post that you could upload on Threads, I wouldn't suggest doing anything generic like, hello world, this is my first Threads. You know, that's very outdated and for a business, it's not useful or purposeful. So what I would do as a first post as a business account is reintroduce the company. Um, You know, say we just joined Threads, check us out on, uh, you know, put the link there, check us out on whatever.com and uh, subscribe to our emails and drop those links. And the good thing about threads is you can reply to one of your own threads and it'll link both of them together. So you can have one thread for your website, one thread to subscribe to emails, one thread to follow on other social channels. And that would be a good way to just get the account um, looking professional and, and start it off on a good note right off the bat.
0: Okay, one, one last threads specific question, then we can talk about how we integrate this with the rest of the marketing plans. Um, okay. What are some top threads accounts that you think are are doing interesting things that you would recommend for someone to go look at and see how they've organized their thread channel or feed or whatever we're calling it um, as an as a, as a inspiration?
1: To be honest with you, I might have to open my threads and scroll through and find one for you right now. But what I can say is a lot of the, um, a lot of the uh, cannabis news outlets that have joined threads have been doing a great job. So, uh, for example, MJ, uh, MJ Biz, and there's another one called StratCan Media, which is a Canadian account, um, High Times Magazine. Those sorts of companies are doing great because they have a lot of content already up on their websites, so what they're doing is they're just taking a snippet of the article and they're posting it as a thread with the link and it looks really professional. Um, but I'm, I will keep an eye out for a bigger accounts that I see doing really revolutionary things. Um, like I said, you can post photos, videos and that sort of thing and hashtags on threads right now, but I don't think people are using it in that way just yet because Instagram is still uh, mostly a photo and video app. And that's what that is for. Um, but I'll keep an eye out for sure. And hopefully in a couple of weeks, I'll have a better list for you in terms of who to follow and and keep track uh, of on threads.
0: Great. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, threads is a, you know, a channel with the ultimate goal of driving people to your own brand experience, your website or store or whatever that is. So when you're working with your clients, you've got, threads and obviously Instagram and Twitter and other things. But um, that's always when you go and look at your Google analytics or whatever analytics program you're using on your website, you're going to see a breakdown of where your traffic is coming from. You're going to have direct, you're going to have, you know, maybe paid search, you're going to have social um, and you're going to have organic search. So generally still, um, at least for many of the, the companies that we work with, you know, a lot of the traffic is still coming from search behavior direct how do you advise someone to balance what is what are generally limited marketing resources in the cannabis industry in terms of you everything takes time so um how do you balance the roi that you're getting from how much time you want to spend uh, developing threads or instagram content versus building you know organic evergreen seo type content
1: that's a really good question. And I actually just got off um, a quarterly analytics review, uh, got off a call with one of my clients to review their qu- quarterly analytics um, for Q2 2023. And we, we discussed this. So it's actually a great question because I literally just finished talking to them about it. So their whole take on it was they don't think it's worth it right now to be creating new content on Instagram threads. Uh, my suggestion was, to just use Instagram threads to expand on the content that is already being posted on their LinkedIn and on their Instagram. This specific client posts a lot of links. So what I suggested doing is linking all the, you know, for example, postings of that week in a single thread. And they were like, why would we do that? Why would we link one thread to another? And I said, because you could post one of those threads to your Instagram story. And if someone clicks on that one Instagram thread, all of a sudden they have eight more posts that they could scroll through and read. Um, so the best way to use threads right now is to is to, exist, is to capitalize on existing content. So let you could go all the way back to your content from January and on Instagram and go see if there's anything on there that you could repost to your threads. So now you could take your existing Instagram content without the photo, You can even add the photo if you want, because we all consume so much social media content that nobody's going to remember that you posted this in January of this year and you're reposting it again in August. I really like evergreen content because that's the whole purpose of it is you can reuse it over and over again um, and you can expand on it. But the best way to use Instagram uh, threads right now is to get your community asking questions or to ask your community questions and get their responses. So let's say, you know, you have a cannabis um, product that you launched in January and you did a whole, uh, campaign around it. And then in July, you did a pop-up and you got some content from your July pop-up. What I would do on Instagram threads is, you know, it from the bottom. Now we hear type of post. So you go January, 2023 and you post, you know, your company, the status of your company or whatever the product itself looked like, um, you know, in one thread, and then you reply to that thread. So now they're linked and you post now we're here, August 2023 or July 2023. And there's a, a short video of your um of your pop-up event or a highlight reel and that sort of thing. So now you're getting people to realize that you've been at it for a while already. You know, you you as a company, you grew too, and you're not doing too much extra work because you're using existing content that's already on your platform. So that's one way I would do it. Another way I would use Instagram threads is to get people to subscribe to your emails. Emails, we all get so many emails and I understand wholeheartedly how hard it is to get people to sign up to your emails because most of the time they don't open them. But with Instagram threads, once you get people to sign up to your email, now you can send them as many offers and promotions as you want to for your uh, products or for your sales or for your events and that sort of thing. Um, So it's a good way to quickly capture the the primary piece of information that you need from your client or from your customer, which is their email address, uh, without flagging Instagram, you know, without letting Instagram know that you're collecting emails and that sort of thing, because with Instagram, the only way to collect emails is to open up is to open a question box on your Instagram story. So when you go on Instagram and you click the little sticker thing at the top, there's an option to post links an option to post polls an option to post pictures. There's also an option to post a question box. So in the question box, typically what I did with my clients in the past is I would say, what's your email address? And then everybody who replied with their email address would get added to the mailing list. Um, So that's a really long way to do it. And you also need to get their consent as well. You need to you need them to check the box that says they agree to receive communication from you. So it's it just gets a little tricky that way. Um, But if you have a sign up link on your website, now you could just tweet that. Or I keep saying tweet. I'm sorry. Now you could just post that as a thread on your Instagram threads, and your, those people are gonna click that link, sign up right away, and they're already in your database. Uh, so that would be the primary ways that I would use it.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna take a while to like eliminate the word tweet or Twitter. From <laughs> For <vocabulary. real>?
1: It's <laughs> been a long time. No, it's uh, been a really long time. And they all both start with T as well. So it's like, once you're saying it, you just don't know which word is gonna come out.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, okay, so um, on the, SEO front. One of the things that we do with some of the brands that we work with is we'll, we'll refresh existing content, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got an article, let's say you were talking about terpenes earlier. Let's say it's an article about terpenes. Um, there's some new study that comes out or some new piece of information. You go back in, you update that content. That does a couple of things for you, right? From an SEO perspective, A, it gives you a new refresh date on it. Um, for people that are looking for timely content in their right. search results, right. um, and it also gives you another opportunity to you know optimize your keywords. Now, um, is this a would is this a strategy that you use from a either Threads or Instagram perspective to say, okay, I've got a new piece of content, and then go out to Threads and say, hey, we updated this terpenes article. Check out the new information. Have you experimented with that as a way to drive re-engagement on existing content?
1: So far, I have not had the opportunity to do that, to be honest with you. But that is an absolutely phenomenal idea because, again, we don't want to be continuously thinking about new pieces of content to post on our social media. That does get overwhelming and exhausting. And also, you could end up going in a completely different direction if you constantly are searching for new content ideas. So it is a great idea to revisit some of your past um, content and then refresh it and repost it as a thread. Now, would I go as far as to say, we did refresh our content and we found new pieces of information? I'm not sure, I guess it depends on the context. So for example, um, job markets are constantly changing in cannabis. So if there was an article written about a job market, the job market in, for example, Mexico, and then Mexico months later comes out and says, actually we're decriminalizing uh, we're criminalizing cannabis again, and we don't want anything to do with it. Uh, that would be a great opportunity to revisit that post and say, oh, you know, the can- the Mexican cannabis market no longer exists because they just criminalized it all over again. Um, in that sort of situation, I definitely would do that. Um, it can come off as really authentic and trustworthy if you as a brand are acknowledging the fact that some information you posted earlier in the year may not be true today. Um, but if it's not necessary, I would avoid it. I would simply just post the new piece of content as a new piece of content and um, and not really not really bring it back to the old numbers that you had or the old information that you had uh, that's no longer true.
0: Okay Um, then I'd like to talk a little bit more about engagement in on on social and how you can how people speak to their customers, um, both dealing with negative and positive. Like one of the things about, you know, something like X or threads is it is the town square and people can generally say, well, mostly they can say whatever they want. Um, Yeah. How do you manage or or help people manage um, dealing with negative comments Um, and then how, well, I'll just start there. We can, I'll ask the second part next.
1: Okay. Okay. That's a great question, to be honest with you. And again, that's why I think that Instagram threads is better than X or Twitter, because you have to use your existing Instagram account to make a threads account. And so a lot of the people who don't, who have a lot of negative things to say, don't want it connected to their personal Instagram account and what they'll end up doing, you know, they'll make a, they'll make a new Instagram account. That's a fake page and connect that to their threads and use that account to say whatever they got to say but that's an extra step for them because typically on on any other social media platform you can make an account you don't have to have any personal information on there and you can say what you got to say but with instagram threads specifically it has to be connected to an existing instagram account and so that's why i think that threads is the better social media app for texting at least or for, for text posts um, then then X or even LinkedIn because you have to go through the extra step of making a, an Instagram account first an Instagram account requires you to verify with a phone number with an email you know and it also uses your device IP so it might tell your your close friends that you just joined Instagram and they should follow you and if you get you know if you say anything negative that's attached to your personal name it's not a really good look Um, so that's step one is threads is not really a place for haters right now, the way that it's set up. I just don't think that people who have a lot of negative things to say, want to say it on threads. I, I think they would go to TikTok or Twitter to say those types of things. Um, but if you do get negative comments on Instagram threads, the best thing would be to just ignore them. I've gotten a bunch of those comments throughout my life and the more you respond, the worse it gets because those people genuinely don't have anything better to do and they want to strike a nerve um and so if it's getting constant if it's to the point where they're they're bombarding you with like 10-15 threads and they're saying a bunch of negative things and you should just block them that would be that would be the thing that i would do but otherwise i would disregard the negative comments because at the end of the day everybody has different opinions and if you want to use your personal name to say something negative that is a reflection on you Um, so it really just, it's, it's, there's not much I would do about that other than just disregard those comments. You can block them. You can, um, you can delete comments on your Instagram posts. I know that for sure, but you can't delete other people's threads. Um, so I would just not engage. I would just not engage with those types of negative. uh,
0: All right. So, um, getting into a little more, uh, detail of what I was talking about earlier, which is. Uh, striking a balance between where you're spending your time and energy or where a brand is spending their time and energy in terms of um, and it's going to be different for different clients, but let's just say it's someone new, they've got a limited budget uh, and whether it's the pie of 100% of their time and energy and potentially and dollars. How do you how would you advise someone to allocate their resources between creating owned and owned content on their on the web properties? versus generating social media content versus trying to do paid search. Um, and we'll just keep it in like the digital world right now. So let's right. just assume that billboards and magazines and in-store promos is another budget. We're just okay. talking about your online presence. How would you slice that pie up if you're starting from you know, day one?
1: So the number one marketing channel that you should definitely explore as a business with no existing online marketing strategy it's definitely SEO. Um, that would be where the majority of my money would go. Would go. I would say about 50 to 60% of my budget would go towards SEO. And as we know, anyone who's doing SEO knows that SEO can get really expensive. But the good thing about SEO is the more money you pay, the better your results are typically. Uh, whereas for social media and other channels, it's not always the case. It may be the case where you're paying someone like myself a little bit extra money than you would pay someone to work as a social media marketer in your company. But I'm producing a lot more content and the content that I am producing is very tailored towards you and your brand and your audience and the the product or service that you're selling. So the number one thing I would do is definitely SEO. Uh, From there, I would kind of expand it into two parts. I would do blogs and I would do email marketing Um, and then the blogs would definitely tie into the SEO. The email marketing would tie into the blogs. And the SEO would drive the traffic to your website in the first place for people to read the blog or to sign up for your mailing list. Uh, Once you've established that sort of foundation, I would explore social media marketing as an option. Um, Unfortunately for cannabis brands, you can't do paid ads unless you're doing programmatic paid ads. So that's where MediaGel would come in and and sort of set that that, um, that, uh, channel up for the cannabis brand but if the budget is not that big i would dedicate a a, a smaller portion of it to outsourcing a social media content creator because as we know this world is right now centered around video and if you're a social media if you're a cannabis brand who's not creating video content but you're selling a product direct to consumer product it's going to be really difficult for you to make those sales um you could have the seo you could have the web traffic you could have the blogs and the email marketing But if there's no content for people to consume and absorb and physically see the product being either you know on display or in a photo shoot or um, you know lifestyle content or at an event pop-up and that sort of thing, then it just becomes difficult for you to establish trust with the potential customer. Um, so starting from scratch, it would be SEO, then it would be blogs and emails, and then it would be social media. If you've got those three up and running. That's when I would, and you still have more budget left over. That's when I would explore programmatic ads as well. I'm not sure if you guys integrate SEO and programmatic ads, if that's the case, then I would do both of those at once. And I would disregard social media content until I see how effective the SEO and programmatic ads are. Um, And if they are really effective and there's no need to be creating social media content, then you don't have to. And I always tell people this too, when they call me and they say, you know, we just launched our website. We, we, We need social media marketing. I tell them, no, you don't. Because you're going to be mad at me if you pay me a lot of money and you don't get the results that you want. So I don't even want you to do that. I don't want you to waste your money. And I don't want to get your hopes up, you know, thinking that the content I'm creating is going to help you drive sales because it may not because you don't have the foundation set up, which is the SEO because if someone Googles you or if they're, you know, um, browsing on a, on a website where there's ad pop-ups and that sort of thing and a different competitor is popping up, that's where they're going to go. So definitely be, it would definitely be in that order, SEO, email, blogs, social media, and then you could explore you know, the channels in terms of which social media channels you want to use, you could explore. I do recommend LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is more uh, personal branding. So if you as a business owner have strong opinions and are very involved in the cannabis industry, LinkedIn is the best place for you. If you don't want to be the face of your company, you kind of just want the product or service to be the center. Instagram would be the place for you. Um, and if you're into re- video content and you really wanna m- make a podcast or webinars and that sort of thing, like how we're doing right now, then YouTube would be the place for you. And so um, that's kind of the the, the the path that I would follow if I had no online marketing strategy right now.
0: Yeah. So we do, as you said, we do programmatic, um, we do SEO, um, and then we also do, we actually do paid search for cannabis brands, uh, mostly retailers. Oh. It's, it's complicated and you have to go through some steps to do it so that you don't break any of the rules, Right. Uh, but we can do it. Um, and so, you know, we like to be doing all three of those things at the same time when possible, because, you know, you're, you're going to have top of funnel um, help on the programmatic side that definitely impacts what happens on the, on the search results. And we and in that case now we're, we're working for organic results and paid results at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we can see an overlap between, cause we have a, a device graph, right? So we can see that we served like a dozen display impressions to this device over the last say two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then someone did a organic search on Google and they came, back to, came to the search results. They then clicked on either the organic or the paid results for that particular brand. And then they made a purchase and you can tie all of that together, right? So you can get a, right. a good picture of the buyer's journey. Right. Um, one of the things that, and, you know, we get all of that stuff that works really well, but I think that what many people forget, and I'm queuing off what you said around the video, is that getting someone's attention and getting them to go to your site is just like the first step. It's a big step, mm-hmm. but once they get there, where we see the real difference in performance from an advertising perspective, where people are really generating good returns or, or not, is in that post-click experience. When they get to your brand page, what do they see, right. right? Do they see engaging video? Do they see social proof? Do they even just see a website that looks professional, right. right? And we've had that before, where people have come in and said, "I want to run a paid media campaign," and we look at their web presence and we say, "You don't want to run a media campaign. You should take your money and you should invest it in your online presence first, because right. you'll be wasting your dollars trying to run paid media to a funnel that's not configured correctly."
1: Absolutely correct, and that's the way that you have to think about marketing is like. It's not, it's not, they're not separate tables. They're all legs of the same table. So if you're missing a leg, your table's gonna be wobbly and it's not gonna hold anything on its on surface, right? And so that's what a lot of um, uh, business owners unfortunately think because it, it, in theory, it makes a lot of sense. It's like, yeah, we have a website and it looks good and we wanna put money behind it. But if that website, like you said, is not configured properly, then a first time user like myself, who goes on it might not have a great experience, and uh, you know businesses are underestimating how edu- educated clients and consumers are these days because a lot of us are doing online shopping. So we know when a website is configured properly or when a page takes too long to load, we just close it. You know, or if something is out of stock and is not redirecting us, we're like, all right, we're not buying anything. You know, so all of those things are really important to consider in terms of the user experience. Um, if the user experience is Is great, and the website presence is great. Then all the other legs of your marketing are going to hold the table up as well. But that definitely is the first piece of it.
0: I like the table analogy. I haven't heard that before. I think I'm gonna, I might borrow that in the future.
1: Yeah, feel free. Uh, Usually I just stick
0: with the funnel, but I like the table.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense though, because it's like think about it. If you have a table with four legs and one of them is missing, it's like that table's gonna go like this, you know? Or if you put too much weight on one and it's gonna fall. So so yeah,
0: yeah, that's how I like to think about it. I like that. Um, you know, and keeping content uh, fresh is obviously very important. I mean, one of the things that I have historically done, now you, now you can do the same thing with social, but when I encountered a new brand and I was evaluating whether or not I thought it was a real company that had a product, that um, I would go and look at their blog, right? And just see the date of the most recent blog post. And if they haven't posted something in like six months, for me that's an immediate like okay there are they is this a real company that's actually right. robust uh because you should be having you know timely content even if it's not even if it's more just um fluff for lack of a better word of like just posting <laughs> something about what's going on um right. about your business or about news or anything that's relevant it just shows that you're paying attention to Absolutely. your to your presence. Absolutely.
1: So. No you're right and the the good thing about you know, the good thing about blogs and LinkedIn and that sort of thing, even Instagram threads is you could always copy paste your, you could take your LinkedIn posts and you could mm-hmm. expand on it and make it a full blog post. And then you could take that blog post and you could take little snippets of the blog post and turn it into a threads post, you know, so there's different ways to utilize the same piece of content across different platforms. You don't always need new content for every single platform. And if there is a blog post that you haven't updated, or if there's a blog on your website that you haven't updated in six months, it might be time to take some of that and post it on threads or make it into a LinkedIn post and redirect traffic back to that blog post. Um, And then again, if you're going to be writing new blog posts, like I said, you could just uh, take a little bit of the blog post, make it a LinkedIn post, take a little bit of the LinkedIn post, make it a threads, and use all your all your platforms simultaneously together to, to drive traffic to your website.
0: Yeah, uh, actually, now I'm curious about doing posts and, and like multi-part posts, obviously on X, not Twitter. Yeah. You see people that are like post one of like 37. Right. And they just mm-hmm. do a whole bunch of posts. Is that behavior happen on threads as well right now? Or do people just have long posts or?
1: So far, a little bit, um, but that is, I think, where, where Mark Zuckerberg got the idea from because people on Twitter were doing, or I keep calling it Twitter, people on X <laughs> were, doing, were doing threads like exactly what you said, and they're very informative. But the question is, how much of that information are you actually retaining? So now it becomes, okay, well, do you want to post 37 parts you know, of, uh, of a single post if that's what you want to do? Threads is the place for that. Um, but if that's not what you want to do, you want to just post, you know, one or two bits of information that are related, um, and have them click out to a different link through that thread, then that could be, that could be another way to use it as well. But I have seen, I have seen people doing that. It's like part one of 30 or part one of 15 or whatever. Okay. So that's, and they link it all together.
0: That behavior has made it over. Um we are nearing, we've got just under 10 minutes left. Um, if anyone in the audience, there's a Q&A box if you want to ask any questions. I think someone raised their hand at some point, but if you have a question, please put it in the, uh, the Q&A box and we'll um, address them. So.
1: I also want to encourage the participants to try out these new platforms and not be scared of them. I know it does get overwhelming every time there's a new social media app or there's an app update, it feels like you have to learn all of that all over again. Um, But all it takes is a couple of days for you to just like play around on the app, post a couple of things, see what other people are doing, and then you could pick up quickly from there. So me personally, I've been using my personal Instagram page to post on threads. And what I found is a lot of my followers will like my posts. Like they don't they don't repost it too much. They just like it. Uh, some of them have, have been replying and that sort of thing. Um, but it really is just a place for you to get your thoughts off. So if that's what you want to do, if you want to start off with a personal Instagram threads account and get a couple thoughts off and see what happens from there, I highly encourage it. Because the reality of the situation is AI is taking over our world. And if we're not quick- enough to adapt to the changes that are happening technologically, um, then we'll just become more frustrated. We'll become like those you know, people who don't know how to use social media, don't know how to use phones, and they're grumpy about the fact that they have to because that's the most effective way to communicate. Um, so I do encourage an open mind whenever there is uh, updates or a new social media app being launched, and really just take the time to, to at least play around with it before you make your mind up about whether or not you want to use another social media app or, you know, or not. Yeah.
0: Great. Um, well, we've got a little bit more time and you said the word AI. So um, let's talk about that for a few minutes. Uh, you know, we're using a lot of different AI tools inside of our um, team right now mm-hmm. on, the, on the engineering side because we're about half our company is software engineers and because we're right. a technology business. But we also, as you know, we run SEO and paid search and programmatic. So we're doing, we're doing work for brands and retailers also. Um, The, have you been like, to what extent are you using AI in your agency practice today? I know it's real easy to go into chat GPT and say, give me 10 ideas for social posts. And it'll crank out things that are reasonably good starting points. Actually, if you feed enough information, Um, how are you leveraging that? And are you doing using that to, inform like post ideas and strategies for threads and other places
1: i absolutely am i won't even lie to you about this i'm using chat gpt because we are a, a a culture of people who wants to work smarter not harder and so the more we resist the technology the diff- the more difficult our life becomes like at first i was opposed to it i was like no i want to be creating all the ideas you know organically and, and writing the posts organically and that sort of thing but like I said, you, you're going to eventually run out of ideas. And so it really does help to go into ChatGPT and, 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 and draw from what ChatGPT gives you. So I don't use, I don't copy paste what ChatGPT does because it types like a robot and it gives you a bunch of unnecessary emojis and all this other stuff, right? So in terms of that, I, I, just, I just use ChatGPT to expand on the idea. So for example, if I'm like, um, you know, my client has a CBD company, Um, tell me a little bit about the benefits of the endocannabinoid system. Now I have a whole bunch of information about the endocannabinoid system. I'm not gonna copy paste it, but I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna take this little part and put it here and expand on it in this post and write this caption for it and and all that. So I highly encourage using AI. I I would not shy away from it. Um, The only thing is don't copy paste the content that you get from the AI, because it will sound like a robot and people will eventually catch on. So always add that human touch, that human element to it from your own, um, personal, like, um, like from your mind, basically, or from like your past experiences and that sort of thing. Um, but if there's nothing wrong with, with using AI to, uh, chat GPT, especially, especially to come up with social media content, because it's difficult, it's really difficult to make social media content. I'm sure, you know, too, because you're in the marketing industry, but you you want to capture people's attention as quickly as possible, but you know that in order to capture people's attention in under three seconds, you need really good production. You need good, um, you know, graphics. You need, and Chat uh, GPT will give you stock photo options as well, which I don't use at all. Like I'm always trying to make my own graphic posts or Photoshop it and that sort of thing. Um, so the more you copy paste from AI, the more generic your content is going to be and people will catch on. Um, but it, it definitely is a great tool for inspiration and for just building off of what output you receive from, from those types of apps or websites.
0: Yeah, I don't, I must be talking to ChatGPT differently because I don't think I've gotten emojis back yet.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> so, I, I always give so many emojis. I'm always like, oh my God, what is this emoji central right now? Yeah.
0: That's it's funny. funny. <laughs> um, yeah, we're starting to use uh, as you, and this is not necessarily approachable if you don't have an engineering department, but um, one of the things that you can start to do is, is train an AI agent like ChatGPT um, on your own set of content, right? Um, and when yeah. you when you have your own library of content, if you're a brand, like, let's say you have a, a library of social posts or blog posts, you can start to use that as context for the learning model. And then it will start to speak in that voice and use that, that data set. Um, That's really cool. I
1: didn't know that.
0: Yeah, we've started to also use it to analyze publishers specifically, um, oh. and understand like where we get engagement for a given brand in a given region. Cause that's another thing. I don't know if you see this on the, on the social side as much, but a, um, specific brands in a specific region will work better on specific publications. Like let's just take right. like a news site or weather site or something like that. Um, right. we find that in Michigan, the same types of publishers, work for cannabis brands that are not the same publishers that are in like Los Angeles, for example. I
1: see what you're saying. Okay. That's interesting though. Is that built into your media gel platform or that's a separate thing that your software engineers are are building?
0: That's something that's built into our platform. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. we've been working on um, because that's a lot of what we have to do on the programmatic side. It's really about you. There's a, you know, a trillion impressions that you can buy. It's about Mm -hmm. finding the right ones, right? Because you have relatively low CTR. Um, if you can move your CTR up by a single percentage point, it actually has a significant impact on uh, performance. So
1: that's pretty cool. I did not know that. Well, I guess that's see that's the power of of embracing technology changes and not being scared to you know adapt and and go and go with the times.
0: Yeah. The biggest argument is what are we going to name our internal AI? So people have <laughs> of opinions. That has not that right. has not been resolved yet. But um, I'll let you know what it is
1: fingers crossed We find something soon
0: yeah um all right so we're wrapping up on time here um iman thank you so much for your time i learned a lot about threads i know it's new so you know i think it's going to be evolving a lot but um uh, if you could let everyone know how to uh contact you on threads or anywhere else um if they have follow-up questions they can reach out
1: for sure so yeah you could definitely reach out to me on threads it's at blunt iman e-m-a-n Uh, That's how you spell my name. But you can also go on my website and check out uh, some of my previous work and get in touch with me through there. So it's bluntcreativeinc.com. And I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So my first name is Iman, last name is Abdu, A-B-D-O-U. So if you type that into LinkedIn, you should be able to find me there. Um, And yes, thank you as well for hosting me, Jake. I've been I've had a great time with you, honestly, and I've learned a lot as well. And I just really hope that we all continue to embrace social media changes and and social media marketing with a positive, open mindset. So thank you again for having me. And thank you to all the participants who watched as well. I really do appreciate it. Hope you guys learned something new and looking forward to hearing from you as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you, everyone. This wraps up our Cannabis Marketing Live. I'm your host, Jake Litke. Thank you for attending.